Hello everyone, welcome to a new and very important episode of Hassan Talks Podcast. As you guys might be aware of what's happening in the US right now, uh, protests all over the country, the street, the streets are filled with people uh, who are angry and furious against the police, against the government and against the system. Why you might ask? Simply because the issue of racism against black people has always been there, but what happened uh, one week ago, exactly in the 25, uh, 25th of May, where uh, George Floyd lost his life uh, due to police brutality, uh, that was uh, absolutely shocking and devastating to watch on camera, like uh, a police officer just basically kneeling and pinning down an innocent black man on the ground until he lost his life later in the hospital, but that was the main cause of, of his death. And that was uh, something that we cannot really ignore, something we cannot really avoid. And it's actually taking everybody uh, to their platforms and making everybody actually address this issue. And uh, actually, we are recording this episode on, on the 2nd of June, the t- Tuesday, which uh, there is a big campaign uh, on uh, Blackout Tuesday. So everybody's trying to... to to put an image, to, uh, to put a, a black image out there to, to shed a light on this issue. And for today's episode, the guests I'm having, uh, we both, we're going to try to to look uh, at racism against black people and how it's been dealt with. And we're also going to put our own perspective into it. So I'm super glad to announce the guest of today, who's a very good friend of mine, who I met in the university years ago. His name is Mohamed Sano. He's from Guinea. Uh, he's done a master in Islamic finance and currently pursuing another master's in law. But he's really famous for his uh, poet. He's a poet who always provokes our minds with his uh, spoken words, and he always has a very unique touch on on topics uh, that's, uh, that concerns society, culture, and history. So, without further ado, let's welcome him. Hello, Muhammad. Hello, Mr. Hassan. Um, that was a great introduction. Thank you very much. Uh, for having me, first and foremost, um, I very much appreciate the opportunity. No, thanks to you. Uh, I just want to start this episode by asking you why, one question. Why there is still racism against black people in 2020? Why this is still happening? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good question, I guess, you know, um, considering the fact that um, we are in an age of, you know, uh, information or technology, rather. Um, you would expect that with all the information with social media, with, with generally just the, the internet available for people not to, you know, be as ignorant as they are, you know, in terms of, or, or just not have a sense of understanding of other people's culture um, and whatnot. But I think the reason in particular why racism still exists is the same reason why, you know, other forms of crime still exist, other forms of, you know, um, social injustice exist, you know, whether it's theft, corruption, rape, and, you know, just wars generally, atrocities that take place in the world. And that's human nature. You know, I think uh, as human beings, we have a good side to us and we do have a bad side to us, you know, and it exists in each and every one of us. Uh, the devil is still alive and well, right? So he's definitely doing his part. But obviously there is the the, 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 the element of, you know, uh, our community, you know, the, the, the community that shapes our nature, uh, which is referred to as nurture essentially where we're brought up and the community that we're raised in that that shapes us um, moving forward in life. So 
yeah why racism exists i think it's it it has elements within ourselves um but society exacerbates that uh, that and just brings it out to 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 an extreme sense i would say well yeah this is something that actually bothers me a lot like i, I as as you've, been, as you've been mentioning the the tech the technological revolution and how everything is very advanced right now but seems like the mentality of the people actually kind of stuck at at one age or one one, one phase of of, of this uh, of this earth that that we're living in and it's not really advancing uh, with the it's not going going like on a parallel line with the with the technology so what i'm fearing is like will this uh, will racism against black people or in general gonna end are we gonna be like dealing with this years and years so are we going to have the same conversation after 10 years about uh, police brutality against black people whether we'll be having the same conversation i would say probably not right um hopefully not in especially in the case of the us right with the current protests um and the vandalism and whatnot that is taking place over there i doubt we'll be having the same conversation regarding racism because of co- hopefully really expecting that the government right uh would come up with reforms you know whether it's programs and whatnot that would really address some of the, the issues that are taking place but in terms of whether or not racism will, will ever come to a point where racism does not exist i highly doubt that and the reason i say so is just yeah i don't think that's possible you know we might minimize it to an extreme sense or to an extreme level but it will always be there because like i said it there are elements within us that i would say support racism right and just to clarify on that particular point so racism i believe stems from bias uh, biases that we all have within us you know um obviously we love our family members more than we love strangers and we love our close friends more than we love our friends that are not so close to us you know so just an exacerbation or like an extreme sense of that mine versus yours or you know my people first and you know whoever is a stranger to me then you know um don't deserve as much as i and my people do that steadily develops or could steadily develop and become what is what is known as racism so i don't think it's ever going to end but um yeah i do think a lot could be done to to really minimize uh, what we see today a lot can be done and there is so much work ahead of us uh as individuals to to start look at people Uh, in a better better way and also as as countries and governments and this is something that um it's very important also to look at is uh, the racism in the US is is kind of within the system it's very it's in, it's in the structure of the government itself where every black person is initially guilty until proven innocent and it's been dealt with in the most aggressive way and this is something that's not just it's not just the case of uh, George Floyd it's not just the case of uh Yasin Mohammed who's a Sudanese American who lost his life uh, also like if i'm not mistaken a month or two ago he 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 was in the mid of a mental crisis or mental health crisis and the police knew that and they dealt with with his situation for for few days and in that day he was at his worst worst situation worst case and worst state he threw a rock into into an officer the officer replied with a straight bullet that took his life away so what i believe is there's something huge and something really really wrong that needs to be not just addressed and not just like talked about but needs to be fixed right away well, whether racism will be addressed by yes. the government um 
I, I, like I said, with the with the current with the current status, you know, of the protests and all that has taken place, I am positive that you know the government will introduce certain reforms. You know, they will take action. They will, you know, do their best to perhaps, you know, um, take more severe action, um, effectively and more efficiently towards those that, you know, transgress against the system, you know, or against people in general, the citizens and uh, immigrants and whatnot. But obviously, you know, we can't limit the role to just the government, right? Individuals in the country um, have a responsibility as well. You know, we have, for example, LeBron James, for example, and this is this is something. I'm bringing into discussion indirectly because, yeah, you know, it's one thing for people to just say, oh, it's the government's fault that this is happening, that is happening and whatnot. But the question is, what are individuals that have a, a platform, you know, people like yourself who have a, a, a platform, who, who are considered influencers, who people are drawn towards, people listen to and whatnot. What are they doing really to change the status quo, right? So it's really one thing to just blame the government but if I would say coming down to the, 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 the individual right, member in, in society, if that person does not contribute, if each and every person is not working towards the, the, the eradication of racism, then I really don't see it um, going anywhere. Because the government could come up with reforms, but if the people refuse to what's the word, participate, right, um, then no progress is going to happen. Likewise, if people you know, um, do their best, they push for this agenda of eradicating racism, you know, through campaigns, through protests and whatnot. If the government does not support, does not uh, entertain, does not listen and does not address these issues, then I really don't see it going anywhere. I don't see it going far from where it is right now. And it has to be a collective effort, I would say. Well, as it's an effort and it's a lot of work to be done, I think it's also very important to, to talk a little bit about the daily struggle for a black person in this current world, not necessarily the U.S., but like as me, who I'm speaking from Spain, as you is speaking now from Malaysia. And we know that like, everybody knows that people perceive us differently because we're black. So I, I think it's also very important for other people, let's say, who are white or from different race, to know exactly what we go through, uh, through our, uh, during our, our daily lives that might sadly in one day end end up in a very bad situation like uh, George Floyd or somebody else. So have you faced racism before? Um, have I faced racism? Um, I think, yeah, that's, that is a no-brainer. And obviously, I wouldn't limit it to, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't limit it to, to just the black person. I'm sure any minority in, in, in a country, any immigrant uh, in a particular nation has and will encounter a form of racism, right? Or if not racism, bias. So whatever you want to call it, they will encounter some sort of abuse, if I may. So in that case, I would say every racist encounter is personal and is therefore unique. The, the, all the racism that black people encounter, I would say um, I, I wouldn't really categorize it differently compared to the, the sort of racism people in other nations face. So, for example, how the the, um, the Uyghur community in uh in, uh, in, uh, in South China, for example, uh, the, the, the abuse they face against the Chinese government or the Rohingya people in uh, Burma, for example. You know, so many other examples out there that uh, one could think of. Each one of their experiences of racism is unique to them, you know. Um, regarding my personal experience, um, obviously, you know, I have encountered, uh, you know, forms of racism. And I'm someone who 
spent my whole life rather um, in Malaysia. I grew up in Malaysia, beautiful country. The people are beautiful over here. Um, but obviously, you know, I would be lying if I said that every single individual in this country um, has treated me with absolute respect, right? Just as much as I would be lying if I said, oh, I haven't had any great experiences, some of the best experiences rather in this country, you know? Um, so I would perhaps be sitting at a bus stop, you know, and a random guy on a motorbike would just pass by and, you know, just yell the N-word, you know, uh, towards me. And I don't mean I don't mean like N I G G A because you know that's perhaps that perhaps might be perceived as a more uh, modern or cooler way of of saying the word, but I'm referring to the N E G R O, which is you know the 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 more I would say the the more raw version of the word. Um, or you would you would go to to watch a movie with your friends and somebody would just cut the line. You know, a local person would cut the line and stand in front of you, and you know uh, they really they really it's hard to imagine any other justification than the fact that okay this person perceives themselves as someone who is entitled over me despite the fact that i am in this country you know with with uh with a valid visa with all my documents are are fine and whatnot but yet you still face these, these sort of discrimination or racism and whatnot right so obviously uh the, the, to, to some what i'm what i'm basically trying to say is um there's always uh, there there will always be rotten apples amongst you know in, in the basket that cannot be dismissed but at the same time some of my best experiences have been in this country and some of the people that i've met that have inspired me rather in my life were the people that i've met you know in my school um uh, school i went to international school but obviously i had Mal malaysian friends over there um uh, thereafter i went to university a public university um where uh, i i I, I did my degree in law, right? So while doing my degree in law, majority of the um, people in the Kulia were Malays, you know, or Malaysian rather. And um, yeah, you know, so I made some of my best friends. I made some of the best friends that I've had, just best friends, period. I don't mean best friends in that Kulia or faculty or whatever, but just best friends in my life that I've made from those periods in my life, those points in my life. So um, yeah, I, I, I can't say, you know, um, that those experiences have, um, and this this is really the point I'm, I, I want to drive home from this, you know. Um, it would be wrong for me to say that because I encountered one, two, three incidents of racist people, you know, um, locals, racist locals and whatnot, that the entire population is racist. Or for me to stigmatize, as, yeah, stigmatize the entire community and say, okay, Malaysians are racist because one two three people did this to me i think that is absolutely wrong and absurd right just as if i go to another country whether it's the middle east um or even the us and whatnot um or perhaps even my own people you know um you know from like different ethnicities or different races and whatnot um where we we encounter and simply because our opinions differ or perhaps our perspectives differ on on certain matters um, they then, what's the word, ostracize me and they view me as okay, an outsider or someone who, you know, someone who's just not a part of us because he differs with us, which I would perceive as a form of racism. Because if I come from a community, right, and because my views are different, I am therefore treated as an outsider. If that is my own community, then what, what more can I expect from other communities where, um, you know, I differ or I just seem different? rather you know so yeah i think it's really important that we assess ourselves first you know because it's very easy to say that oh these people have been racist to me but the question is 
have you fulfilled your role in ensuring that, you know, first of all, um, clarifying the matter, you know, really assessing the matter of, okay, am I doing anything wrong that has resulted in this situation? If not, then is perhaps the person going through, you know, you can say a bad day, for example, you know, because that's another thing that we do. I feel um, oftentimes you hear people saying, oh, uh, I had this lecturer who was racist, you know, she came to class today and she was she was not in the mood to answer my questions or, you know, um, a taxi guy refused to pick me up because, you know, obviously because I was black, you know, <laughs> it just it, it might just be the case that 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 lecturer was having a bad day. You know, she had a she, uh, she or he had an argument with the, with the family before coming to class. You know, um, obviously that doesn't justify their reaction. But I'm just saying it could be that that person is dealing with personal issues. Likewise, the taxi guy who didn't pick you up, perhaps he was tired, perhaps he, you know, he was just in a situation where he was not very comfortable. So I think racism has become more of, of, of a, a fashion these days, you know, just casting everyone as, as racist, everyone that disagrees with you, everyone that, um, you know, that doesn't accept you for who you are per se, right? Because the matter of the, the fact is, not everyone is, is ready to accept you the way you are, you know? And we all need to work on ourselves no one is perfect right so to to say that oh whoever doesn't accept me as i am is racist really says more about yourself than it does about the other person my my that's actually quite accurate and uh, you actually answered my next question what which was supposed to be as a black man or woman what's our responsibility to fight racism and you summarized it quite well of uh, in in very like uh, little points where you said we have to to take care of ourselves first, we have to understand the situation, not to throw the uh, racism excuse every time we face something. We have to really understand what's happening around us and really differentiate the racist from from somebody else who, ha who had a different type of mood in that day. So, yeah, I think that question is, is quite covered. What I, what I want to talk about a little bit uh, right now is the internet. And since the internet is breaking right now with the hashtag uh, Black Lives Matter. Something that makes me a little bit uh, scared that this is going to be just another trend. This is going to be another hashtag where everybody hops on board, you know, and everybody puts like the hat of being an activist. Everybody's trying to act like the good guy for just a few days or a few weeks. And then every, everybody for completely forget about the whole situation. Of course, specifically, I'm talking about us black people or also everybody else who's joining the movement right now. But then uh, I'm, I'm quite I'm quite like worried about the future. If, if people forget about the situation now and then so many people will still face racism because now the issue is addressed more than before. And uh, it's addressed in like it's on every platform. So is black black lives matter just a hashtag? Is Black Lives Matter just a hashtag? If I may, if I may answer your question in a more broader sense, have the protests rather led to, to, to change? If that's what you're asking, then I would say in the US in particular, um, I would say those in authority, you know, at the moment they are clearly under immense pressure. You know, some have decided to, to, to even take a stance with the protesters, to stand with the protesters. Um, others are indecisive, you know, they've been quiet. Um, yeah, and to those who are silent, I would say they are more or less on the other side of the fence. If you don't stand with the protesters, um, then you stand against them, you know. Um, and and just to clarify, a, uh, some to quote what's uh, what they call it, the the governor of New York City, Andrew Cuomo, but right? he said something that was really 
I'll say it remarkable. He said, I stand with the protesters in unequivocal terms. He said, I stand with the protesters. Right. And then he therefore he thereafter added that obviously the burglars, because you could see in videos um, certain people just, you know, rushing into uh, you know stores, you know, whether it's the mall or supermarkets and what do you call it? Uh, you know, like Louis Vuitton, for example. What what does Louis Vuitton have to do with the with the protest, you know, the protesting. So obviously people who rushed into those stores, you could say they had a separate agenda. But if we're referring specifically to the protest or the protest, the people who protested and whatnot, um, I think they, they, they're, they're at least doing their part to spread awareness, which I think is the main essence of protesting, right? I think it is a, it is a means rather the, to, to bringing awareness or attention to address the core issues right? i don't think protesting is the be all and end all but i definitely think it is a means to the end george floyd's death um, i would say is just another manifestation of the flawed education system um, and by education i mean home school and the community right i would say it is an interpretation of the language used by those in positions of authority you know from community leaders to politicians police officers you know, teachers in schools, lecturers in universities, and of course, parents and siblings at home, you know, as well as friends. Uh, now, to directly answer your question of um, whether the Black Lives Matter is just another movement, um, I, would, I, would, I would have to say this um, heavy-heartedly, but there are things that I would disagree with, um, in, 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 what do you call it, regarding the movement. But obviously, there are other things that I would, uh, uh, you know, agree with. Uh, I can clearly see the miscarriage of justice i can we can all clearly see the discrepancies in terms of uh pr police brutality against black people in the u.s in particular so those stuff the, the the people voicing their concerns against those um type of injustices are obviously things i don't think any person of sound intellect can oppose but obviously some others go to an extreme an extreme you know of uh, an extreme end of even promoting violence against the white community generally, right? Which I hope members of the Black Lives Matter do not consider as representatives of them. And I believe they don't. We've, we've seen people coming up with t-shirts, you know, like you said, the I can't breathe, for example, or hashtag uh, justice for this person and that person. Uh, well, like I said, what that fulfills is the sympathy, the sympathy side of things, of matters. Um, because like, if I, lost a love, if I lost a loved one, you know, I would love to know that the world is mourning their death, you know? If I saw LeBron James wearing a T-shirt that said the name of my, you know, cousin or relative that that was, um, you know, that was unjustly or brutally murdered, for example, by the police, right? It would definitely uplift my morale. You know, it gives me that sense of okay, humanity is still able to stand by my family and I, you know. But I think no matter how much the world mourns the person's death, it it isn't making the people that already disagree with you, you know, say, okay, you know, maybe maybe I am wrong. I think it might bring awareness to the people that don't know what's going on, but I don't think it, you know, uh, it gets the other uh, the other side to think and reflect on their position. Um, and an analogy I would like to draw is with the the, the current COVID nineteen that we we're all suffering or we're all you know constrained by at the point at this point. We can talk about it all we want. You know, we could stay at home um, protesting against the COVID nineteen and whatnot. But unless we come up with a vaccine that, you know, eradicates or does away with this COVID-19, then 
it's just not going away because even if it comes down to one person who has the COVID-19, then that same person, that last person becomes the first person to spread it once again. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's right. my stance um, on the matter. There's one thing that's also, uh, I think you kind of touched on it a little bit here, but I need to put some light on, which is uh, the awareness. Uh, us as, as, as social media users, we see like the uh, timeline full of uh, picture about the pictures of the protests, the movement, the videos of, of, of uh, the police uh, brutality. But there is something that people don't realize, which is uh, all these uh, social platforms are built around a specific uh, algorithm, or let's say like artificial intelligence, where it actually promotes what you like to see. So your timeline is full of the stuff that you like. So the thing is like we don't really realize the people on the other side who actually, let's say they, they are racist or, or they don't see a problem with what happened with George Floyd. They don't see much, they don't see much of that because they don't follow that content. Thus, they, for example, Instagram will not promote uh, Black Lives Matter to them. It will promote something else. So that's why raising awareness when it starts with you as a person and the people around you is really, really, really important because these people, as we think that, you know, because we're living in the era of the internet, then everybody is exposed to the same information. Actually, not everybody is exposed to the information that he chooses, he chooses to follow or chooses to, to be exposed to. So that's something, it, it's very weird. It's very interesting at the same time, but this is how technology works. Okay. Okay, Sano, I think we've come to, to, to the last question of the episode, which is the protests and the movement that's happening in the U.S. right now. How is this affecting racism against black people all over the world? You know, the U.S. being a country that is, you know, under the microscope, um, it is considered, um, some would say, uh, um, the, at the pinnacle of civilization in our current times, right? Um, it, is, it is just on a silver platter for everyone to see. You know, so I think whatever happens in the U.S. is clearly brought to the attention of every other government in the world. You know, whether in Africa, whether yeah, whether it be in Africa, Asia, uh, Europe, and you know, all other, all other continents, obviously the seven continents. So yeah, in that sense, I think what has happened in the U.S. or racism that has happened against Black people in the U.S. in particular has definitely brought awareness of what could potentially come about if you know, injustices continue against a particular race. That's, that's, I think that's, that's one thing uh, that it, it has really highlighted. Another thing is perhaps the fact that it gets people, the, the fact that it has brought awareness, it has really forced a lot of people to think of, you know, uh, maybe research the matter a bit further to really assess, okay, what is the problem? Uh, what is the history, you know, going back in history um, and really learning why all this is taking place at this point because obviously you wouldn't have a protest um, and you know this sort of vandalism taking place uh, without a, you can say a prior record or a prior, a prior stacking up of emotions you know so this is regarded as you know the saying uh, the straw that broke the camel's back you know it is the final straw that we see manifesting itself so other than spreading awareness i wouldn't say it has done really much you know, uh, yeah. So awareness and getting people to reflect. I think those are the primary, the primary lessons that other governments or other countries can really, you know, uh, take from this. That is, uh, for uh, me personally, those are the two main things. What's happening in the U.S. right now just uh, recalled every single uh, memory of uh, in my head. Every time I face racism, just 
just because of my my skin tone this just because of uh, my blackness it it just comes back to my head every time somebody calls me the n-word every time somebody made fun of me everybody every time i i got rejected from something that i i deserve and it's basically clearly out there was put out just because you are different just because you look like that we are not gonna uh, we are not gonna accept you here and what's even worse i think there's some also some sort of racism that's uh, kind of passive aggressive where you feel the person in front of you is like full of, of hatred towards you, but he doesn't really show it. And you can, you can tell it with the language of the eyes. And it's it's probably a matter of uh, legalizing weapon or a, a, a matter of uh, authority or little power. And then things will get maybe like the US or even worse. Absolutely, absolutely. And then just to just to add on what you, you've said, um, you know, with, with all the stigma that you have faced um, personally, I would say another thing or other things governments could uh, take away from this is is the fact that when an injustice occurs, right, it is incumbent upon them really to take an unambiguous stance, you know. Um, so it's not sufficient for them to just put out a statement, an unambiguous statement like, um, oh, we have, we've, we've discovered, we've uncovered more information, but we're not going to disclose anything. You know, so I think this particular instance has set the bar for what may be accepted and what may not be accepted after a certain point in time, once it reaches the boiling point. Right. So governments would perhaps be more cautious. They would perhaps act more proactively um, towards their own citizens or people in their country. Um, and that would perhaps drive them to take, you could say as well, severe action against perpetrators, you know, because obviously in every country in the world, um, you will have people in authority, right? Whether it is known or it is, you know, still hidden underneath the blankets and whatnot, that there are people in power who abuse their powers. You know, people who um, are only in it, are only in it to benefit from the power that they, the, the, the luxuries and the power they, they they may obtain. So, in some countries, you know, with poor legal, legal infrastructures, uh, with poor financial infrastructures, with just poor systems of governance. Right. It might not be as evident as in other countries that are more developed, but the fact remains that you have people with bad intentions in positions of power. Right? They need to be exposed, obviously, and they need to be an action needs to be taken against them. But until that happens, then, as you mentioned, this would just be another episode um, of a long series that is to come All right. for. All right, uh, that actually was the last question of uh, of the episode i'm super glad uh, you accepted my invitation to be part of this episode well so well, it was an absolute honor being on uh, thank you very much for having me but if i may conclude i would like to say that um there really is no short-term solution to what we're seeing you know but we shouldn't lose hope obviously because you know even though we know that until the end of time racism will forever exist you know the devil and his friends will find a way to to rejuvenate such instances but I would say that just as we wouldn't stand by a thief, you know, um, snatching an old lady's bag, you know, in the middle of the road, using Thanos' favorite word, uh, saying that, oh, it's just inevitable that such things would happen. Uh, we need to constantly and consistently work towards enforcing justice. You know, and justice, as we know, is defined as putting things in their rightful place. So really, the next time a friend or family member of yours makes a racist remark or comment, because really that's that's... That's, that's all it takes, or that's really what it takes for it to start, you know. 
we can complain about our governments, we can complain about our community leaders, about our lecturers, about our teachers and whatnot. Um, but if we are not able to stand uh, up against our friends in protection of, in protection of you know, um, people that are weaker than them, then we shouldn't expect any change from our governments because it, the change really starts internally. You know, so like I said, the same way we wouldn't stand by and watch an old lady's back being smashed is the same way we shouldn't allow for racism to continue on the basis of, oh, it's going to exist until the end of time. Because if we do that, then we're simply saying that uh, we have given up. And yeah, that is absolutely not, not, not what should be the case. So to reiterate, um, there really isn't any short term solution, um, you know, besides punishing people in authority that transgress. Um, or overgo, overboard their responsibility. But I do know that we need to start today on doing away with the inferiority or superiority complex you know, that exists in people that was a result of their community upbringing or just you know, their, their, their circumstances. Just, that you know, was Mohammed Sano's conclusion. And my conclusion would be injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. As he said, the change starts within us. So it's our responsibility to make this stop so let's educate ourselves let's go through the history a little bit let's learn about our culture other people cultures as well and understand it from their perspective let's also hope and do our best so the next generation does not have to deal with what we've dealt with i'm super happy that everybody uh, tuned to this episode i hope you guys found it helpful uh let's keep saying that black lives matter and let's let's fight against racism until the end this was the episode for today. It's a kind of very tough topic to talk about, but it's really important to be addressed right now. So this is the ninth episode of Hassan Talks podcast. I hope you guys liked it. Let me know what you think about it and stay tuned for the coming episode. This is Hassan Talks podcast. Peace out.